This is Grab a Cuppa Podcast. I'm Kat Wright. Welcome to season two. And uh, we have published a few episodes here and there. We've talked to bands, musicians, and we've also talked to music lovers. And uh, so there's more to come, slowly but surely. I am getting there. It's just me. I do everything by myself. I record these, I interview, I edit them, and I distribute. I do everything on my own. <laughs> I've learned so much these past two years as I've been doing this. And this podcast episode is about that and how these two years have been. But also is uh, I'd like to talk about mental health and uh, and more and more things uh, for sure so this year has been very very difficult for me mentally physically oh gosh honestly I could go on about this but we're gonna do uh gonna talk about it bit by a bit so I don't get confused. So I'm not I'm not even going to edit this. I'm going just to talk as candidly as I can and as I know how. So as you might have noticed, or you might know I'm neurodivergent. So my brain just jumps from one thing to another because one thing reminds me of something that I really want to talk about. So I'm going to be jumping, you know, from subject to subject to just yeah all the time so if i if i annoy you i'm so so sorry <laughs> however if you listen to this regularly then you know what you're gonna get <laughs> basically you know what you're gonna get so i decided to do this solo cast today and i have called it candid because i'm going to talk candidly about how my year has been uh, but also how my journey so far has gone so I would like to start with uh, how this podcast came about so uh, before I even decided to create Grab a Cuppa I didn't even listen to podcasts but I knew that I wanted to speak to artists, speak to bands, speak to people like me who love music. So I decided, well, I uh, what's the thing that I like to do the most? Drink tea, yeah, or coffee. So I always have a hot drink. Today's cup of soup. So I always have something in my cup. <laughs> Either it's, you know, well, <laughs> I was going to say booze, but I don't drink as much anymore but I will talk about it soon I will talk about it soon um so I don't lose my trail of thought uh so yeah we grab a cuppa it was like well I love meeting people and I love just having a chat and just talk about everything and anything but I also suffer from awful anxiety social anxiety anxiety especially so uh, it's very difficult for me to meet new people. Very, very hard. 
so in my currently in my normal circle of friends, I would say that I probably have two people that I message regularly or I see regularly. Uh, but by regularly, I even mean like once every two months. <laughs> So I want to change that, but I have awful social anxiety. And um, so, yeah, I will talk about my my anxiety in a minute. Uh, so this podcast, it was just more of, for me as well, to get used to talking to other people. And I've always wanted to be an interviewer. So I always, I love journalism all my life. And I've always wanted to do it. So for me, it was like, well, I want to learn my own way. The way I learn is by doing it. So I started this podcast thinking, well, what what can I call it? What can I call this that I want to do, but without putting a um, like a name on it? Sort of like music podcast. What if I don't want to talk about music that day? Um, so I didn't want it to be something like that. So I just decided grab a cuppa. It could be about anything and everything. So that works for me. And because, well, by the accent, you probably are wondering if you're listening to this for the first time, you're probably wondering, what is that accent? I cannot place it. I will tell you. So I'm Portuguese. And I have lived in Leeds, West Yorkshire, for a long time. And my husband has got a very, very strong Yorkshire accent. And I, um, I'm one of those people that picks up accents really, really easily. I do. I pick up accents really easily wherever I go, honestly. I tell this story to a lot of people. So long story short... So I used to work as a freelancer for uh, like a catering agency. So I would go places and I'd do waitressing, I'd manage, do whatever. But we used to do lots of events all over the country. So I would go to places like Newcastle or Liverpool and I would pick up the accent and then come back with a, still move my Portuguese accent with a twang of... You know, I'd go to Scotland and then I come back with sort of like uh, a Yorkshire and Scottish and Portuguese like accent mixed in together. Sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it did. People were making fun of me at the time because I was talking weird. It's fine. You know, I've been called weird all my life anyway. It's all good, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that's why the name Grab a Kappa uh, came about and what I wanted to do with it. And mental, mental health is something that I always talk about. And it's something that it's, uh, it's a subject that is very, very close to my heart. It's only been the past five years I can tell everyone, really, past five, six years that I've been really, really open and honest with everyone about it about my struggles so this is what where it comes to the talking about my anxiety my depression uh being diagnosed with um chronic depression chronic anxiety social anxiety health anxiety uh generalized anxiety all types of anxiety i've got it you know name it i've got it trust me
uh, going back to being at school and being the weird kid at school because I I uh, I had a really bad accident when I was a kid, so I have my my right foot is damaged from that. So I don't. I walk funny. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. I walk funny. So as a kid, I used to walk really, really awkwardly. So the kids would make fun of me, and uh, so yeah. So and then. I was the that type of kid that it was uh, honestly I would have my <laughs> my school dinner in the bathroom because the kids would just pick on me all the time and I didn't really understand what the other kids were telling me what they were talking about I I now I know that it is um is to do with a, a processing disorder but then I didn't know. <laughs> so everyone sort of like, it was just the weird kid that no one wanted to um, hang out with. So yeah, I kind of, I was a lonely kid anyway. I was a lonely kid. Didn't really have many friends. But then you kind of like, you you get so used to it. You get so, so used to it. Uh, you get to the time that you start to enjoy your own company and you just do your own thing. And so, yeah. <laughs> so I got I got bullied a lot. Uh, and again, I lost where I was. Um, yeah, so men, yeah, anxiety, mental health. And so from being that, you know, that weird kid to to then being a, a grown up still weird <laughs> but now i i've embraced that in many 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 ways and i love being weird now honestly i love being weird i don't associate i don't do not associate the word weird with a bad thing anymore because i'm i'm weird i'm different and i've known so many people like me who are weird quote unquote and uh, they just embrace it i love it and um so uh being diagnosed with anxiety and depression and uh lots of other things i'm not gonna go go into it too much it's i was hiding it for a long time try to be normal whatever that is trying to be normal and copying people and try to be like them and act like them like like it was the right thing to do and uh honestly <laughs> but i found myself especially throughout my early 20s uh copying other people that i thought were were normal and i thought that's what uh, people who I saw as being accepted by uh, society in general. So the the popular people within like that circle of friends, well, quote unquote friends, really. It was just people that I knew from nights out. They weren't really friends, sadly. However, I, I, I did meet very, very good people. I'm not going to say here that everyone was horrible because not, you know, not everyone was horrible, but that's how I met my now husband. So not not, not everything is bad, you know. Not everything is bad. <laughs> He's a good egg, he is. And um, I guess 
just anxiety. Um, I there's one of the things that people that I did that people didn't really understand. So because of my anxiety, I could not go into a pub or restaurant or anything like that on my own. So let me explain. Uh, I would have to have someone, whoever I was meeting a certain time, I'd have to have that person outside waiting for me. So I didn't look like I was just like Billy no mates. That was the thing. That was the, the, the thing behind it. Uh, another thing as well, I was, um, I was always very scared. I was just so, so scared of doing these things on my own the, the the fear of being judged by other people of like oh look at it look at that person you know look at them they're by themselves oh they have no friends um but yeah that that's what i was scared of but also the, the anxiety which I, at the time i didn't know it was anxiety um and having all these people around me especially in uh, pubs and stuff like that where it's really noisy and people are just talking all over like <laughs> talking and shouting and getting very rowdy and at the time I really didn't know it was anxiety I did not know how to cope I didn't have the tools to cope with those situations so I thought I was just like oh my god I'm being weird now I'm feeling weird I'm being that person and that feeling just triggered everything else <laughs> so I I had to have someone wait for me. I would text my friend at the time, which I'm still good friends with till this day, which is really good. Um, I would text them and say, can you meet me outside? I'm going to be five minutes. And um, I I would walk slowly. But I tell you what, something that I would do quite often is that I, um, if we were meeting, let's say seven o'clock in the, in the evening, everyone's meeting at seven and it's like oh okay i would get there by 8 30 because then everyone would be there and they would be drunk enough to not realize that first i was late and second to then i i don't know they wouldn't pay much attention to me and the fact that i felt anxious or I don't know, they just do their own thing or whatever. I don't know what was going through my mind at the time exactly, but that was the, the reason behind it, I guess. So I would be late on purpose. And to be honest, I was never a big fan of, oh, we're going to meet at five o'clock and then drink uh, from five o'clock until 11 o'clock when we move on to a nightclub on a Friday night. I was never a fan of that because... Um, I just like you spend a lot of money as well. You spend a lot of money in the pub and people and my anxiety, I didn't obviously I didn't know at the time, but my anxiety got so bad and I'm just like, no, 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 I'm gonna if we're gonna go to this nightclub at eleven, then I'm gonna be there at half eight. So that's what I did a lot of the time. And then I get there and be like, Oh, okay, everyone's drunk and so I'm going to catch up. Why? Why did I do that? 
spend like honestly spend so much money catching up and having to um and and feel feeling like i had to be that drunk person for everyone to like me as well that's like i don't know if anyone has ever experienced that but that's a big problem that's a very very big issue for me it was especially as a, a neurodivergent person and uh, an autistic person however let me put a disclaimer i do not have an official diagnosis here in the uk it's taking a long time f- to get seen it's been two years now uh, since filling the papers to get an official assessment however this is a personal thing um i have two kids with autism and my daughter who is uh, going to turn 11 really soon she is exactly like i was uh, or am so she's a double of me therefore you could put two and two together behaviors and everything else and when i was a child my um, psychologist at the time said that i might have autism and they explained what it was but at the time i didn't understand any of it so i don't have an official diagnosis but i know 100% that i am however I when I say neurodivergent I mean this is what I've been diagnosed okay I have OCD I have uh, d- depression and anxiety I know these are mental health um issues but what I'm trying to say is I I am dyslexic I have sensory processing disorder and also I have dyscalculia and all of the things that come with it and these are under the umbrella of a neurodiversity so there we go so just so you know what i'm talking about and i don't get people in the comments but you don't have a diagnosis there we go so i've explained and (laughs) and so yeah you find that as I don't know if it's just a girl thing. I'm not sure. But as a neurodivergent person, you tend to copy people a lot. So people that you think uh, have their shit together. (laughs) Have their shit together. Or people who, I don't know, who you perhaps admire. Or you, I don't know. I think you copy your peers what is sociable except um, socially acceptable sorry and you copy them so uh, as a neurodivergent person i found myself copying other people's behaviors because i thought that no one's judging them for as far as i knew no one is judging them. Maybe they're not going to judge me if I act like that. Or sometimes you just do it. I don't know. We just copy people. Um, so that's that's how I spent most of my life sort of hiding who I was, and my behaviours and my stims as well. Hiding my stims. My stims are uh biting my fingers i bite my fingers a lot and right now as i'm recording this i've got my hands under my um, desk and i am squeezing my fingers like really 
tightly. I'm squeezing my fingers because this is so hard to do to record yourself just pouring your heart out almost. But um, uh, this is, uh, I also have a spinning, um, a spinning thing where I go and spin it when I feel a bit anxious. So, pardon me. So yeah, um, so you tend to copy other people. And so the drinking was was that as well? Because I found that people didn't find me as interesting or as funny as outgoing if I wasn't drunk. So everyone loved the drunk me. But when it came to just being me, being awkward and quiet and being kind of a scaredy cat if I'm honest people didn't really pay that much attention to me and which in a way I kind of liked but I as I explored my social side um and wanting to be seen somewhat not too much it's very complicated (laughs) it's very very complicated I, I don't know how to explain sometimes but you want to be seen but you don't want to be seen by many people <laughs> if that even makes sense oh my goodness me um and copying other people's behaviors as well thinking oh, i'm gonna do what they're doing and it's like why did i do that if i could go back in time to uh when i was 20 21 i would just be like like go back and say just be yourself just be yourself uh (laughs) but yeah you know that happened (laughs) and to the point where i discovered the hard way that i had a problem with alcohol and uh, i'm going to say it I'm going to say an issue. It was not an addiction. It was an issue. What I mean is by the, by having just an issue, not a uh, like an addiction. So it was drinking. It was something that I would do not often. I wouldn't do it that often. However. I would, I was a binge drinker. So what I would do is like on the Friday night, Saturday night, I would get to the pub. I fate, like I mentioned before, get to the pub and everyone was like drunk. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is like my social, it's like taking this, the, um, right. It's like getting into a persona, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's like you're acting almost. So you go and oh i need to act like that fun person like look at me i'm loud i'm obnoxious but in a fun way like i've got my you know you need to 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 drink a pint of courage that's what i used to call it like a pint of courage or whatever and if you're struggling you get like a you know a hot um a hot drink no <laughs> i do that now you would get a strong drink so you just get it and be like, ooh, okay, have that. If you really, really needed that extra strength drink, I guess. Um, 
Yeah. That's interesting. Like t- talking about it. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um so you do that and everything was like fine. Let's let's yeah, let's party, party time. And f- for doing that for so long and then having some time off work, some money in the bank and then be like, "Ooh, there's something happening on a Wednesday. I'm going to go to that and then do the same, like drink or whatever. Oh, there's something happen on, happening on a Tuesday. Oh, you know, do that. And then it was, it became Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. And then it's like, oh, there's something happening on the Monday. Then it became Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday what the penny dropped for me when I was uh, I went to a house party and I'd done many many of these but what happened to me was when I woke up next day like very hungover and feeling very ill I woke up next day and the first thing that I fancied was a drink fancied I needed the first thing that I felt like I needed to have was a drink and I opened I had a beer yeah so we're not talking about really really strong but I had a beer and it was like nine no no not even nine o'clock in the morning it was like seven or eight o'clock in the morning and I drank it and I stopped hang on a minute why am I doing this? I poured that down. I poured it out. I didn't even finish it. I poured poured the uh, the rest of it out in the sink. What the hell am I doing? And from then, I was just like, no, I need to stop this. And I did not have a drink in the morning ever again. Because of that, the way they made me feel. Because I have seen how alcoholism affects people. You know, throughout my life. I've seen how it affects people. I've seen how drugs have affected people that I knew, who I was friends with. I've known people that have died because of it. I've known people who became very, very ill. And then those people that I knew, that I once knew that no longer are here, came to my mind when I had that drink and I was like no I don't I don't want to do that so that's what happened to me but it was really hard it was really really hard to get out of that habit to get out of that binge drinking habit it was so so difficult and at the end of the day it was just, I was doing what everyone else was doing. And I'm just like, why, why? I'm not like this. Normally, I'm not like this person. Why am I behaving like so? And that happened. That, that, that. But I'll tell you something. I am so glad that I had that beer. Because that made me realise what I was doing at that time. So, yeah. It made me realize that I was having that issue. And that was just that for me. 
It just something clicked. It was just something just clicked. Like, what are you doing? And that was one of those people that honestly, I tell this story to everyone. I was one of those people that would go to work at eight o'clock in the morning and finish a very long shift. Okay, on a Friday, because I worked in like catering and stuff like that, you know, unsociable hours. And I would start, I did a lot of weddings, by the way, so you have some context here. I would start a shift at eight o'clock in the morning or even before that, seven, eight o'clock. I'd have a whole day of being on my feet, like all day. And then weddings, if you've been to a wedding before, they are like all freaking day, like they're exhausting. So the wedding, after parties, parties, whatever, okay. And then finishing a shift at one o'clock in the morning, okay. And then go out. What the hell was I thinking? Go out, okay. One o'clock in the morning, your friends are still out and whatever. You think, oh, yeah, okay, it's Friday night. Well, Saturday early morning now. <laughs> it's Friday, Saturday, let's go. And I would go and stay out. Then I'd go and drink, 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 drink. Like, I need to get drunk and stuff like that. And then I would drink so much in a very, very, like, short amount of time. <laughs> and then it came to, like, three o'clock in the morning, just really drunk. And then three o'clock, four o'clock. And then five o'clock, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I really need to go home now. So I would go home, have a nap. So I would sleep an hour or two, get ready for work next day. Well, next day, the same flipping day, ain't it? I would get ready for work, showered and stuff like that. Make sure I like brush my teeth like five times. Because obviously, you know, when you drink alcohol, the, the smell stays with you. So I would go to work. Still drunk, probably, but I would go to work. And then do another ridiculous long shift. And then go out again. Do the same thing. Repeat the whole day. Do it again on a Friday and then Saturday. And then go home on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And then go to sleep. If I did that now. I would be dead. I'd die. <laughs> I probably would die. I would not be able to do that now. Now, at the age of 36, knackered, you know, I went to a, yeah, I go to a gig, a local gig, two hours. I'm like, oh, my back, I need to go home. If I did what I did now, oh my goodness me. But yes, you get the gist. You get the gist of, of how it was, meat and drinking. I've, um, I was never a person to become addicted to substances, really. So I am, honestly, I am grateful. I am so grateful for being able to notice the uh the what i was doing to notice all of that stuff so i'm very very grateful for that because a lot of people cannot and a lot of people need help so if you are one of those people i am sure there's lots of resources that you can uh you can search for honestly 
there's so much help out there don't suffer alone because that that shit's tough man <laughs> that shit's tough when you don't have an addiction so when you have an addiction imagine that imagine how tough it is so uh that is your story to tell not mine but yeah seek help please please do and um so that's that's how i dealt with, with that that thing and that's how how it happened for me but i think it was from that time i remember vividly like from that time i started to think about my life choices what do i want to do uh where do i want to go do i want to still be um where do I see myself in 10 years? That's why that's why I thought at the time I was like I'm going to stop this and I I didn't stop it as you know cuz it's really difficult. I didn't stop it straight away, but it was more like I didn't have a drink first thing in the morning. Um but the binge drinking just started to uh become less and less. So I would you know, I'd still go out, still go see friends and stuff like that, but I stopped um, sort of like giving in to the need of catching up and <laughs> I need to I need to be the fun person and I just like you know what this is me if you like it you do if you don't then you know where the door is um, but it took it took a long time and I tell you something this is by experience when you decide to stop the partying, when you decide to stop the drinking and going out as much, and when you decide to uh, settle down and you decide that you want a family and you want that kind of life, you will know who your friends are. That's all I have to say. You will know who your friends are. You will know the people that will stick around. Um, you'll know the people that will be, you know, when when you first um, find out that you're expecting or when you first have, when you lose someone or when you first get engaged or when you first uh, break up with some somebody or, uh, you know, all of these gains and losses victories and all of this stuff you know you will know you'll know who your friends are that's for sure uh the time i just i was so naive uh to think that i had oh look at me i'm popular uh but then out of like the hundreds of people that i knew from nights out thinking they were my friends and all the conversations that you had in the uh uh, you know the pub toilets and stuff like that with all these uh these other people thinking oh my god like you're my best friend to then you, you settle down and tumbleweed where's everyone never mind uh <laughs> that, i think that's like another episode uh, of grab a cover i think because this is going for like nearly 40 minutes um hopefully i'm not ram- rambling is that rumbling or rambling i think it's rambling isn't it rumbling is something different i am still learning english apparently um i'm still learning so yeah english is my second language portuguese is my first and i don't speak i don't speak either very well so 
Hello. <laughs> If I can do podcast, you can do podcast. It's fine. Um, moving on. And uh, so from then, it's just like, he, you know who your friends are. So out of all those, those people, I can count like five people that I speak to uh, right now. Still, after all these years. Um, what else? There's also another thing that I've been dealing with this year and the past five years, maybe. Um, how to deal with the changes of like my body. So mentally and physically. So let me explain. I was never one of those people who were massively confident about how they looked. Honestly, again, I was bullied at school. So I was called names, like really nasty names. So yeah. And uh, I always, I never thought of myself as being pretty. I never thought of myself being, uh, I don't know, attractive or anything like that. Like, you know, it's fine. I, I guess some, I don't know. Uh, but then again, if you're going to go, if, if you tell someone like, oh, I think, I, I think I'm pretty, I think I'm this and that and the other and then society just calls you vain anyway <laughs> so anyway anyway let's not get get into that um so i never saw myself as like being good looking or whatever there's always something about me that 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 i hated or most of it <laughs> to be honest but what it is what i've been dealing with the past few years is dealing with how i look like so what i mean is let me explain when uh i always had this this thing of like always feeling overweight or whatever so i exercised a lot i exercised a lot i ran everywhere and i worked silly hours or and i wouldn't eat much but i at some i always struggled with um losing weight always have done all my life uh so yeah i was never never been happy with with the way i looked so i've always been quite heavy set now um <laughs> so i always struggled i follow all these different i changed my diet like many 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 times i went vegetarian for two years until i really missed bacon and then i just did all this stuff but i could never like lose it unless i was really ill unless i got to a point where i was very very ill and i lost weight due to illness rather than wellness let's say so yeah and i've always struggled with stuff like that and um but it was until i became a mum that I saw how my body was changing and I'm just like okay all right I loved being pregnant not every not every woman loves pregnancy because of many different reasons but I loved being pregnant I didn't have morning sickness I had a very cute bump and uh, I was fascinated about this you know this human that was growing inside me so I loved it 
Uh, but uh, I had to have a C-section. Label was horrid, and uh, so I really, really struggled with that and the way that my body changed. Now, I. W- <laughs> I had lost a lot, a lot of weight when I was pregnant with both of my children. And then after the, you know, after having them and the operation, I found myself that even though I lost a lot of weight, I found myself feeling so depressed. Obviously, postnatal depression is something really, really real, honestly, for females and males. Please do Go read about it if you are interested. It affects males the same way that it affects females. But with males, it's more a psychological way rather than a physical way for females. But do Google it. Do not take my uh, my word for it. Go research it if you are interested to know more. So, um, and I was just like so sad because of the way that I looked, I did not, I felt really ugly, I felt horrible, like I f- like my body was saggy, but then imagine carrying this tiny human in you, in, you know, in, in you, and then all of a sudden I felt like there was something missing, I was no, lang- no longer pregnant, so that was sad, um, but that's something I had to deal with at the time, with postnatal depression. And honestly, I was just looking and I'm like, no. So I was hiding. I was hiding my body. I was just covering and just hiding it and stuff like that. It has taken me. Now, my kids are now 10 and I. It's taken me 10 years to kind of get over it. And there's something that my therapist had um I told me to do and I thought she was just having like I thought she was having a laugh at the time but she said to me what I want you to do is just every single day you start with one minute and then next day two then next day three next day four so on so on until you know five minutes five minutes maximum okay five minutes maximum so she says why don't you uh just go fully naked and look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself what you see however you must pick one positive thing about that body that you see it has to have one positive thing Think about it really, really hard. And then we'll go from one positive thing to two positive things. So then we will have more positives than negatives. And honestly, the first time that I did it, one minute felt like one eternity. I was shaking. I was crying. I was on my own because I didn't want anyone around me. Obviously, you know, don't want anyone around me while you're naked. Um... But what I mean is, you know, obviously I was by myself. Um, I was shaking. I was crying. I did not have anything positive to say about this. I didn't want to do this at all. Like, I felt awful to, <laughs> to even, like, I just thought, she's stupid. How do I do this? Um, but I tell you something. 
especially after all these years and I have gained a bit of weight as well and uh, doing this <laughs> it was the best thing that I've done it was the best thing that I've done now I can actually s stare and be like you know I am grateful for this body uh, for what it does for me okay I need to take care of this body more and better I need to do all of these things to improve it however this is the body that carries me this is the body that carried my children that I love so much and I you know I need my legs to get me to gigs as much as I struggle with my mobility I have aids for that. I have crutches, but I still have my legs. I still have my arms. I still have all of these things. And it's okay to love yourself. It's not vanity. It's appreciating what you have. Honestly, either you size A or size 18. Okay. Just look at your body and think about the things that you love about it until you have, yeah, more positive things than negative. That is my advice. Honestly, I thought, honestly, when my therapist said that, I'm like, ah, no, I ain't doing that. But yeah, it was, I tried it and it works. It really does. It worked for me, might work for you. Who knows? And uh, dealing with, Becoming a parent has been very, very difficult these past few years. However, this is uh, an episode of that I will be recording, me and my husband. So we're going to be doing yet another candid uh, episode. And we're going to be talking about live as parents uh, to two kids with autism and how things are like, how we met. And, you know, if you are interested in knowing, then... Yeah, go listen. <laughs> uh, give it a listen. And if there's any questions or anything like that, then do let me know. Grab a cup of bud at gmail.com. That is the place to uh to go if you wanna, you know, if you wanna talk to me or and yeah, you can follow us as well. Grab a grab a cup of bud at uh Twitter and or my personal twitter as well i'm cat right at twitter and uh yeah so you can follow me there as well i am cat right also on tiktok and yes yeah, so i'm cat right at gmail.com is the email address if you want to email me directly and yeah so it's all good man so good so this is the end of part one of this conversation part two coming up soon where i'm going to be talking about my journey in radio and journalism and all of that stuff and how we all started as a lockdown project so ta-ta for now grab a cup of podcast with cat right